sunshine, highs in the upper 70s by the early afternoon. They're coming west around 5 miles per hour this afternoon. It is 65 degrees at KSCO and 6 minutes past 10 a.m. Stay tuned for the Saturday special with your host, MZ, next on KSCO and KOMY. The Saturday special is brought to you by California Grill in Freedom, as well as Los Animas Concrete. And now with a Saturday special, here is MZ. Good morning, Aaron. How art thou this morning? Thou art is fine. <laughs> I don't know what the heck. Great. We're gonna we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a pretty interesting show today. I think you never know, right? But, you never know. Uh, it, uh, the the planets are lined up, so uh, we're gonna be on the air right up until twelve noon. So let's officially begin the program. Good morning. A brighter day is here. Good morning. May we bring you cheer. We've got time. We've got tunes. We've got time, tunes, and temperate tunes. Get up and go. It's today you know on KSCO Radio. Good morning, KSCO Land. Uh, MZ here welcoming you to the Saturday special. Uh, and... Um, been quite a week. It's been a warm week. It's been a week where the governor declared uh, drought. And uh, yeah, it's got us thinking here. It's going to be one of those dry seasons. So we'll see what happens. Good morning. Now stay right here on KSCO Radio. You've heard a lot of discussion of late on your favorite radio station about the expected effects of Obamacare on the economy as it kicks in. I met a couple named Brett and Daria Favero who own a most impressive resort and spa in the greater Sacramento area. Brett and Daria have devoted the last 30 years of their lives to building and growing Arden Hills, a country club with a sterling reputation and membership of some of the most influential people and sports luminaries you can imagine. Arden Hills employs about 200 very happy people who love their jobs. But Obamacare threatens to change that scenario. Find out how and why on the next KSCO special this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, right here on Fortune, Misfortune, Difficult to Tell, as good things may well evolve from bad things radio, AM 1080 KSCO. get into the meat of the program, we want to remind our listeners that it is another K-Day here at your favorite radio station. Come on down to 2300 Portola Drive, and uh, uh, K is having business, hour, uh, business hours, uh, visiting hours today, right, Ma? Yep. Yes, Michael. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we, we uh, y- your books are... are available. Uh, available and, and moving quite well. Yes. And you uh, are prepared to have writer's cramp if you ne- if you need to get writer's cramp. Yes. Enough people come down to uh, sit with you. Yes. Visit with you and you will personally inscribe copies of your book. It will be a pleasure. Uh, and don't forget we have these, um, these made in the USA heavy duty canvas tote bags. Yes. That uh, are very high quality and wonderful for taking to marketing with you. Yeah, because so many of the places now have you have you do you remember to to not 
to bring, I, in, a, to bring in your KSEO campus no, bag? No, I forget, so I always I'm pay. starting to remember. Yeah. And they're just wonderful bags to remember so that you don't have to pay the, the you know, the bag. For the paper for ones. Yeah, exactly. We have KSEO hats and so forth. So come on down. The address is 2300 Portola Drive. Uh, uh, Kay will be here uh, right up until noontime today. Yeah. So, um, y- you know, um, <clears throat> the program is going to be on the topic of Obamacare. And, uh, yeah, what I, what I need to do here, I'm just reminding myself that I, I sent myself emails uh, this morning with a couple of your old commentaries from 2012. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I thought it would be nice to play it toward the beginning of the program here. So uh, while I'm waiting for our incredibly slow computer, uh, not computer, but uh, Internet connection here today, I don't know why it is, to come up, I'm going to introduce our guest today, Brett Favero uh, from uh, Sacramento, and I became acquainted with Brett only about 48 hours ago. Brett, welcome to KSCO. You're on the air with us. Thank you. Good to be with you. Great. So, um, tell us tell us about um, about Ard- Arden Hills, uh, your your uh, wonderful uh, uh, resort facility that I became acquainted with. Arden Hills Resort and Spa. Arden Hills has been a part of the Sacramento uh, community for uh, almost 60 years now. It was founded back in 1954 by the the late Sherm Shavor, who was a famous uh, Olympic swimming coach. Uh, And over the years, and under his uh, 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 leadership, there was enormous numbers of individuals that uh, just community members from here that uh, made it onto the national scene, uh, the most famous of which was Mark Spitz and Debbie Meyer and others who who completely dominated the swimming world for many, many years. He, uh, there was over 200 world and American records uh, broken through this club. There was 30 Olympic medals, 31 Olympic medals, 20 gold medals uh, won from the club. So it has an in- incredible history as far as uh, that side of things goes. Today we continue with that. There uh, uh, continues to be swimmers on the national scene, tennis players. We had the youngest tennis player in uh, at the U.S. Open this year, uh, a individual that uh, had barely uh, is just a late teenager. And... Uh, we also have built, for the last 30 years, we, we built uh, a facility and expanded it enormously to provide all kinds of high-end services, uh, uh, accommodations, and, and uh, spa services. And we also do an enormous amount of wedding receptions and parties and functions and, and uh, corporate events here in the, at the club. Great. So, so you you purchased the club. You and your wife purchased the club when about thirty thirty one years ago, was it? It was approximately thirty years ago. And was that something that you had that just sort of happened, uh, or was had you been searching for such an opportunity for, to run such run and develop such a business? Well, it was a very strange story because I had actually been a swimmer here my, myself. Uh, I actually belonged since nineteen sixty five. So I've been here nearly 50 years, and as a small boy, I swam back and forth in these pools. Uh, I I did compete in a couple of Olympic trials myself back in 76 and 1980. And I uh, 
ended up uh, in coming out of law school and went into commercial real estate. And uh, knowing the former owner, Sherm Chavor, I ended up uh, listing the club for sale. And through that process of going from business to business all over the West United States, uh, discussing the purchase of the club, it, it ended up that this was something of interest to our family, uh, particularly since our entire family had had involvement in it for so many years. And we had seen it do so many wonderful things for so many people and for the community for so many years. That, that sounds sort of like how I ended up uh, purchasing KSCO. Uh, you know, uh-huh. same, same, same sort of an idea. So uh, that's great. Um, <clears throat> so I found the uh, the commentary that I emailed to myself here that was originally uh, broadcast on um, September eighth, twenty twelve. It's, it's in two parts. I, I will play. We'll certainly play the first part, if not the second. The part. The following so, is a KSCO commentary. Here is Kay's Whirling. I just read a publication from the California Coalition for Immigration Reform listing 15 reasons spelling out why Obamacare, if implemented, will destroy our beloved U.S. as we know it. I will share the information with you in this and the next commentary. Please remember, Obamacare will probably go away if Obama loses this election. With a 5-4 decision to uphold Obamacare, America is now headed for a complete and total disaster as it is fully implemented. Obamacare is going to absolutely flood and shred the infrastructure of our medical system, send health insurance premiums soaring, dramatically expand the size and scope of government, fundamentally alter relationships between doctors and their patients, and is one of the largest tax increases in U.S. history. It's also going to add about $1 trillion with a T, to our national debt over the next decade. Here is the beginning of the 15 reasons why Obamacare is a disaster. Number one, according to the U.S. Supreme Court, the federal government has the power to force you to buy private goods and services. Now, if this bill has been opened, what else will we be forced to buy in the future? Number two, Obamacare is another step away from individual liberty and another step toward a nanny state where the government dominates our lives from the cradle to the grave. Number three, the IRS is now going to be given the task of hunting down and penalizing millions of Americans who do not have any health insurance. The Obama administration has given the IRS an extra $500 million outside of the normal appropriations process to help them enforce the provisions of Obamacare. Number four, Obamacare imposes more than 20 new taxes on the American people. Google Americans for Tax Reform for details. And five, To control costs and promote efficiency, Obamacare limits the treatment options that doctors and patients can consider. This will result in a decrease in life expectancy in the United States. 
Listeners, I will hopefully continue this commentary next week with the next 10 reasons why we must defeat Obamacare. For KSCO, this is Kay Swirling. Okay, let's see if I can uh, get back into the uh, second um, uh, Obamacare thing here. It's coming up here on our slow connection. Um, if it takes if it takes too long, um, then uh, okay. Here it comes. I think we're coming in here. Just a second. Three, two, one. You're listening to KSCO AM 1080, uh, Lena Santa Cruz, and here is part two of that comment. The following is a KSCO commentary. Here is Kay's whirling. To continue about Obamacare, it appears we now have a Supreme Court that has little respect for the U.S. Constitution. They simply do whatever they want to do and make up whatever reasons they can to justify their decisions. That sounds really bad, but that's the truth. Thanks to this Supreme Court, we're stuck with Obamacare, at least for now. I will continue with the rest of the 15 reasons why Obamacare is a disaster. Number six, Obamacare is going to impose nightmarish paperwork burdens on doctors, hospitals, and the rest of the health care system. This will significantly increase our health care costs as a nation. Number seven, Obamacare would send health insurance premiums soaring. This is especially true for younger Americans. Number eight, many small businesses will be crushed by the provisions in Obamacare requiring them to provide expensive health insurance coverage for their employees. Number nine, Obamacare will make the emerging doctor shortage in America much worse Surveys found we could see hundreds of thousands of doctors leave the medical profession because of Obamacare. Number 10, Obamacare has already forced the cancellation of dozens of doctor-owned hospitals. 11, to further implement all Obamacare provisions, hordes of new government bureaucrats will be required. Number 12, you will wait much longer to see a doctor. In Massachusetts, the wait grew from 33 days to over 55 days. Number 13, with Obamacare, you pay full price for life-saving drugs, but life-ending drugs are free. Number 14, Obamacare will add 16 million new people to Medicaid rolls. Law-abiding American taxpayers will be paying their costs. And finally, number 15, Congressional Budget Office estimates Obamacare will add over $1 trillion to government spending over the next decade. I believe that this Obama tool to achieve his ultimate goal means that Obama would like to bankrupt and destroy America. The best way we can overlook this is to not vote him into office in November. Dear listeners, we the people have reason to be very worried about the direction of our beloved U.S. If Obama remains in office for another four years, many changes will occur which we will surely not like. 
Obama, totally on his own, took out of our Medicare billions of dollars and put them into Obamacare, which will destroy our country. So when you go to the polls, remember, think very carefully what kind of government you really want and how much you value your current freedom. For KSCO, this is Case Whirling. Okay, fast forward uh, 16 months. Both of those commentaries were recorded back-to-back uh, in September of uh, 2012. Here we are in January of uh, 2014. And um, let's get back into the discussion. Now, Brett, you heard those commentaries, yes? Yes, I did. Okay. Um so here we now. A lot of people, when we first broadcast those commentaries, a lot of people said, you know, it's a little, little radical. It's a little extreme. You know, it's not going to be that bad. In fact, um, um, and of course, Obama was reelected. Um, and so probably because a lot of people thought that Obamacare was going to be a good thing for most of the people. So talk to me about what you think is going to happen now because we're you know it's it's actually being implemented now it's 2014 and you have a business that's going to be severely impacted yes absolutely no when in listening to that commentary of, of you know of course it could come across as a little bit extreme and there were a couple of comments in there that that i i would suggest may have been a tiny bit ex- extreme but in overall impact it was absolutely accurate and i think it would will be incredibly accurate as, as time goes on uh the one thing i would take a little bit of issue with is is just even the name obamacare i i it, it could just as easily be romney care it could be just uh, anything obama is just nothing more than a figurehead in my in my view and so uh and the claim that uh, that he wrote or even even remotely designed these 3500 pages of 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 documents is a virtual uh, in, you know it's laughable actually and so it's really it's really more emblematic of a, of a whole host of societal ills, to be honest with you. And I think we we take the easy road out sometimes when we just blame an individual or blame a party or blame a. It's 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 much much more than that. And so I I would like to just make a couple of comments. Uh, you know I again. Please been, go for it. The floor is yours. I've I've been at this for uh, you know uh, nearly 30 years now. And one of the things that I've seen over the years is these these shifts, these these sea changes that continue to occur. And uh, just uh, in speaking to employees over the years, the whole concept of insurance was uh, uh, completely misunderstood. Insurance is the management of risk. It is not meant to take care of you or to uh, take care of you in daily life and average life. It's meant to help and assist in the event of emergencies or unexpected events. And over the years in being in in business, I've seen this gradual shift uh, within uh, the population in general, within my own employees. Uh, I've seen them gradually begin to look at insurance in a, in a drastically different way. And as that's happened, in my view, we as a society have allowed this to happen. It's no more the Democrats' fault than the Republicans. It's, it's the entire group. It's the entire society has opened ourselves to this type of an event. And so to fix it requires more than, than, than just changing this particular law, although that is essential. 
and and ch- and change is not necessarily where we should go, but uh, it also implies or in, in, it requires that we change the way we look at things and we take more personal responsibility for ourselves. And so fundamentally, when I think about it and I think about uh, situations that we can't sustain or that are unexpected, we still first look to ourselves, then we look to our family and sometimes friends, then we should look to charity or churches or other community services that are available, then and, and only then would we turn to government. And, and that's not the way people think today. And so it's gradually shifted. So going to some of the specifics that she uh, discussed uh, in great detail there, These things are now in place and occurring, and it's gradually dribbled out of these 3,500 pages of documents into our lap to the point where uh, each day it's been just a new shocker and a new shocker and a new shocker. And in reality, none of it really shocks me because I knew once Nancy Pelosi said that uh, we had to pass the bill to be able to know what's in it, I knew we were doomed. And so in, this, in, in the law itself, we, uh, businesses such as mine are in the crosshairs of this law. And, uh, By design, would you say, Brett? Uh, I believe so, but I don't attribute it to any one individual or any I, – I, I attribute it to a whole host of individuals. It's like dentists uh, giving candy to their, to their patients. And then, and then providing uh, a, a services to take care of those, that, those problems. Uh, we see in the insurance industry, uh, uh, the over the past ten years plus, I've seen a massive building program. Just anecdotally, I've seen it all over the Sacramento region of massive building com- uh, 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 program going on within the the uh, hospital complexes. Where, how did they know that, that there was going to be this major sea change? Because the, the planning of those buildings would have had to have gone on 15 years ago plus. How did they know this? So is it purposeful? It's purposeful on multiple parts, on multiple parts. One, one hand is, is patting the other. One ba- person is scratching the back of the other. And in the end result, all of the taxpayers whether they're Democrats, whether they're Republicans, whether they're liberals, whether they're conservatives, whether they're employees or employers, we're all getting the shaft in the end result. So from our personal perspective and what I see happening here is is we fall within that uh, framework of the, the 50. You have uh, a, a, a minimum, if you have 50 or more employees, then you fall within this uh, this law from a business perspective at the higher level. And so there are very clear requirements that are placed upon you. Well, our 200 employees, uh, only about 20% of them are full-time. Most of them are part-time. And, and But that's part-time by the definition of, you know, here in the state of California. And that part-time now has been moved down to 30 hours. So significantly less. This situation is going to drive and is driving. I'm hearing it constantly anecdotally from our employees that other businesses for which they may or may not work are driving, uh, uh, moving uh, employees to part-time. 
and and this is happening uh, in in our region uh, uh, on a major scale. And as an employer knows, a part-time employee is is not as uh, uh, is not someone that is 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 committed to their responsibilities as a full-time employee in generally generally speaking. And so there are some positions for which you 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 really need those full-time employees. And so in this particular case, they have a, a formula for which you have to figure that out and uh, to get you to the 50 to begin with. And it's called, uh, they use a, a term called full-time equivalent. And so all of these part-time employees add up to multiple full-time employees. So even though we only, we have... Really? I didn't know that. You're telling yeah. me something that... Oh, wow. Yeah, so... so even though we only have uh, uh, about 20% or 40 or less full-time employees, we go over the 50 because the part-time employees, by any measurement, you take a, the number of their hours and divide them by the number of employees, and you come up with full-time equivalent. And so by a full-time equivalent uh, estimate, we run in the neighborhood of 75 to 80 full-time employees and it would be a virtual impossibility to be under that number 50 on that on that basis. Okay, so how will it, or has it impacted, let me just put it in the past tense, has it impacted your business yet, or is it becoming clear to you how it will in the not-too-distant future impact your business? The decisions are, the decisions are being made right now as we speak because they have to be. And what, so, what decisions? Uh, what Decisions on your part, your, you and your wife making these decisions? Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. As a business, we're being forced into those decisions because uh, what you have is you have uh, a, uh, the mandate states that what in, a, in another uh, term called max affordability. Uh, this term means that you have to take uh, the lowest paid individual in your business uh, that is receive, that is full time. By the government standard again now, and remember that's 30 hours per week. Uh, so the lowest paid individual that is 30 or more hours per week, you multiply that uh, figure times the 30 hours times the number of weeks in a month times 0 0.095, and you come up with what's called the max affordability. And what that establishes is it establishes the most any employee regardless of what they make, will have to pay for their insurance. So what portion they share in. So it's a tremendous uh, boon to those that make uh, higher income within an organization because uh, now it's lowered that amount, the, the percentage that a, uh, of their income that a person at the lower end of, of the wage scale is making and is paying on that their, their insurance is far greater than somebody on the higher end of the, the wage scale. So right off the bat, there's a, a fundamental in, inequality, and it causes the business to be put into a position where the only way to reduce their, their, the, the cost of this insurance is to reduce the number of full-time employees. There is virtually no other methodology. We have been, been providing insurance to our employees for the entire time I've been here uh, for 30 years. And so we were already providing our insurance and, and, and had uh, employees that were very pleased and happy with that insurance. 
Now, one of the fundamental things that has happened is that over time, that in, those costs have risen astronomically. Just this past year, they went up 25%. Uh, yeah, same here with our, with our premiums at KSEO. Nothing else in our business has risen in that kind of scale. And so, you know, our, our costs uh, went up enormously. And now our abilities for the, or the ability to be able to share in those expenses with employee versus employer are now uh, minimized completely by this new law because now you have a measurement, this max affordability, by which you can charge all employees. And it's, and it's even across the board. So it's the most you can charge across the board. So your only alternative to control your costs if healthcare costs continue to rise, and they will rise, maybe not in the short term, but in the long term, they definitely will rise based on this law. Your only way to control those costs is to reduce the number of full-time employees. And unfortunately, that means a number that is extremely low at at, uh, 30 hours per week. Wow. All right. Um, you want to give a call here to the radio program, uh, 831-479-1080 is the phone number. If you want to call in and uh, join in the uh, discussion, um, my guest is uh, uh, Brett uh, Favero. He is the uh, owner of uh, Arden Hills Resort and uh, um, Country Club up in uh, in Sacramento, greater Sacramento area. We're talking about the effects on his business and would like to talk about the effects on your business if you happen to own a business. And by the way, if you, uh, I, I, I can't imagine this, but maybe there are some business owners who are happy with Obamacare. We certainly uh, would invite them to call 479-1080 and uh, join us in the discussion. We have a caller already. Uh, looks like that would be Jan in Santa Cruz. Oh, I want to make sure I lock Brett in here so that we don't uh, lose him. There we go. Jan in Santa Cruz, welcome to the Saturday special, you're on the air. Actually, MZ, it's Pam. Oh, it's Pam. Oh, yeah. great! It's it's that. Yeah, it's that. I'm happy. I'm happy you got my message. I did get your message, and thanks for giving me the update. We're on the way to a family funeral, so as long as my connection holds, it's a conversation dear to my heart. Yes, and the reason is uh, Pam Pam uh, Fugit Hetrick is uh, is actually our insurance provider. Here at KSU has been for many years, and I think she's the, she's the greatest. And every time you you've you've been pretty busy, you've been pretty busy both on the air and off the air, right? I mean, in fact, I I didn't know whether you would uh, whether you would pick up my message today because I figured you might have been on that that uh, you know well earned uh, three month vacation by now, but I guess that hasn't no, happened. No, not until summer. Our our hell with this is not going to end. Well, it's it's coming in waves. We we finished the first wave of nastiness, and now the employer sector is our next wave of um, people just going, "Oh my God, how do I deal with this?" All right. Um, so, how much of the program have you been able to monitor? The last ten minutes. Or so. Okay, great. So you've heard most of what Brett. You've heard all yeah, of what Brett I, has had to I, say. I totally confirm everything that you know he's put out there. It's that is, you know, what the law is and how employers are having to come up with the decisions that they are now trying to make so that they are prepared when their next open enrollment comes up, which for many of them we did a defensive posture move like we did with yours um, to renew you for December. Yeah, 
Thank God, you know, that, that, our, our, our premiums did go up and I wonder how much more they would have gone up if, if you hadn't made that defensive move for us. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And yeah, Carol has the spreadsheet of what it would have been. It was, um, almost 50% higher for you. It was 70% higher for our business. Uh, and we're insurance agents, so like we're not immune from it either. Clearly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh Pam, ha- have you have you run into any business owners who are happy with Obamacare? A couple. Really? Um well, well, it's because, you know, we are Santa Cruz, right? So, you know, we have a little different take here many times. Um there are people who are happy to support it no matter what the cost. And there are people who, due to the size of their company being smaller and having lower wage workers, there is, um, if they purchase insurance for their employees within certain guidelines, which is long and too much to go into on this, um, there's a tax refund back to that company for a portion of that. So there's a few companies that they always did provide insurance. I haven't had one that never provided it before that's jumped on board. But there's a couple that are going to get some money back that um, they could have last year anyway, but they didn't know about it. And uh, now if they go into the shop exchange, which is not a fun experience at all to deal with, but we can get them there and there's a tax refund for them. Okay, so have you? is it correct to say that you have had a number of discussions with with uh, business owners like Brett who when you told them the facts of life said there there's just no way around yeah. this I'm going I'm going to have to I'm going to have to cut back on my full-time employees I mean I'm I'm assuming that's happened to you a lot There's been that conversation a lot and um people have been finding you know look at the job market it's a little difficult to get a full-time job with benefits hello this would be the reason why And the other one is the ag industry. You cannot grow strawberries. You cannot grow lettuce with 30 employees full-time. You're going to need waves of people at waves of time. And the the fix for the agricultural market is still not there. So if they are forced to provide insurance for all of these farm labor workers at the rates that we're getting, how much do you want to pay for your food next year? It's mm-hmm. not going to be pretty. <laughs> There's markets that cannot cut back due to the nature of their work and other ones that are doing the defensive postures to cut back. Uh, Brett, you said decisions are being made right now. Can you, What do you think is going to happen as far as your business is concerned? Uh, we have no choice but to uh, reduce the number of full-time employees. Uh, it, and so... We're going to, uh, there are individuals that, that, uh, that have worked for us for a very long time, decades, uh, that will be affected by this, uh, negatively impacted. That, uh, uh, our business and what we've been able to do, uh, and provide and to, to, and what they've been able to do for us is going to dramatically change. So, so what I learned in this conversation, if I understand you correctly, is it simply cutting back, you know, the number of hours uh, from your full-time employees and adding more hours to other employees who will be part-time? 
won't won't cut it for you because you're effectively still by adding anything that's part time you're you're going to have full what we're calling it full time equivalent your full time equivalent number is going to go up. God, I didn't know anything about that. What that affects is that that magic number fifty. And so if you that is the way they calculate that magic number fifty. So. It doesn't matter if I'm going to provide the services I provide, which we will continue to provide to our customers and have for nearly 60 years, then I will continue to be well above that 50 figure for uh, uh, full-time equivalent. Okay, so it's going to cost you a lot more to operate, and you're going to have to pass that along or else you go out of business. It's going to cost more to operate because we're seeing these huge increases in, ins- in insurance rates and costs overall to begin with. The whole system is set up in such a way where there's no responsibility. There is uh, The insurance companies themselves are so protected by the taxpayer in this law that there is no one's going to be holding the bag. And whenever government's holding the bag, we all know that costs will go up astronomically because they're not spending their own money. They're spending our money. So in the end result, costs are going to go up, and there is no way for us to to, uh, in, to shield ourselves in any way from those costs or to pass those costs directly, uh, to share those costs with our employees. There is no way to do that. Uh, it, it's all going to fall on the burden of the business. And so uh, in order to, to prevent uh, a sea change from happening where suddenly a, a, a large new source of our costs increase dramatically, we have to get ourselves in a position to be able to protect ourselves against that, or you don't remain in business. It's really pretty simple. Yeah, wow. Uh, <clears throat> when, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm having some problem with my throat today. (laughs) This is terrible. All right, you're listening to your favorite radio station, AM 1080 KSCO, the Saturday special with MZ. Uh, We're talking about Obamacare with a a business owner who's going to be severely affected. If you want to call in and uh, join us, uh, uh, Pam uh, Fugit-Hetrick is uh, on the line also. Don't know how long you'll be able to stay with us, uh, uh, Pam, but uh, if you can for a little bit, that would be great. 479-1080 479-1080 is the phone number if you want to call and uh, and join the program. Uh, we have a caller, Rory, in Watsonville. Let's bring Rory on. You're on, Rory. Welcome to the Saturday thank Special. Thank you, Michael. Yes, thank you, and Happy New Year to you and your mom. Um, thank you. You know, I and I, I've called Pam's show, but as I listen to this, and I don't have it, early 50s, I don't really have any health issues at all other than getting over, you know, the Passover sciatica and all that good business, but no surgery. Kids are generally healthy. But this the problem with this whole picture, and I know you know this, Michael, is that 100 years ago, the pharmaceuticals and influential people got our medical schools to go down the allopathic primrose path, if you will. And that's why we're here today. It's all about drugs. It's nothing about nutrition. It's nothing about eating right. Very little, anyway, from the standard orthodox uh, announcements and pro- uh, proclamations from the medical community. Very, very little. They really pan it. And I'm telling you, it's it's starting to spread like wildfire by word of mouth. People are starting to get the picture. 
that you have to take a charge of your health by eating correctly and getting on a good nutritional supplement program. There's just no substitute for it. And I have a funny feeling, Rory, that that, uh, Brett might agree with you. Am I right, Brett? (laughs) Absolutely. That's the essence of of, uh, the the fundamental essence of our business is that uh, we believe in, in wellness and we try to proclaim that message of wellness and to teach it as much as possible. Just uh, the other night, we had the the uh, the well-known Dr. Wallach here in, in, in at our facilities and and talking about that very issue. And my opinion Excellent. is is that for myself, just a personal uh, uh, story, very quickly, I have had to take charge of my own health in large part because I was in a major accident years ago. Uh, that uh, uh, briefly took my life, and I was, was brought back to life, and and suffered for many many years uh, from that from that accident. And much to the, uh, I am here today in large part, and I would uh, I'm very grateful to the surgeons and to the trauma surgeons that saved my life. Uh, very grateful to the system that was in place for that purpose. But beyond that, in terms of nutrition. And restoration of health and allowing the body to be able to restore itself, they gave me absolutely nothing. Uh, they assisted me in no way. They taught me. They gave me no information. And I was left to myself to figure it out, which is fine. I enjoy figuring out things like that on myself, although it would have been very helpful to have had uh, an industry that was built on, truly built on health and well-being. Uh, but as I figured that out, I realized some of the most dangerous people that you can go to for advice is your is your doctor. Uh, and so uh, this has been something I've been experienced for years. And again, I say that with a huge qualification by the fact that the trauma surgeon saved my life, and I am eternally grateful to them for that, uh, as is my family. And so uh, but I have found that by taking charge and personal responsibility for my own health, uh, I, I, this is the, my slogan. I believe I'd far rather spend the money on healthy food and a healthy lifestyle than on a doctor and his or her uh, BMW payment. So that's yeah. the way I look at it. But you know, it's it's ironic. My own grandmother, my mother's mother, said that almost a hundred years ago. She would rather spend money on grocery bills than doctor's bills. And I'll I'll let you go with this one recent example. We had. Two of our kids that got the flu here this past week, One, you know, they don't get them at the same time. It's tandem. But the one that got it first, we took her into the doctor. She'd already had, she was well into it. They said, yes, she's got H1N1 or whatever. She's got the current flu strain. And by the way, here's a prescription for Tamiflu. It'll help alleviate the symptoms. So I, my wife went and checked it out. I was away out of town. So I looked it up and I said, wait a minute. All this thing is going to do is buy you a day, maybe a day and a half, and there's all these side effects. And then with our insurance coverage, it was still 115 bucks out of pocket. So we just said no. And the kids are fine. They recover fine. So I only use that as an example. Reason we went to our trusted pediatrician. He understands we don't vaccinate. He's fine with the, You know, he tried to talk us into it years ago, but they respect us. We respect them for their expertise. But they reach for the drug. Everything's geared towards a drug that's helping the pharmaceuticals get super wealthy. There's no competition among medical 
insurance companies interest, interstate. That needs to end. And like you said, you look around, who's building the big buildings? Insurance companies, pharmaceuticals, hospitals. They're all tied together. It's no, it's no mystery. So anyway, carry on. I, I enjoy these kind of programs, Michael. Keep up the good work. Thank and, you, Rory. Um, your programming that let me hear Wallach in the first place. So keep oh, it up. Right. Okay. Thanks. Um, yeah, thank you. And, and by the way, full disclosure here, that is how uh, Brett and I became acquainted. I had heard that Doc Wallach was going to be speaking in the Sacramento area, and I figured that, that's close enough to uh, KSCO North, which is in, in the Bay Area. Uh, so I figured I'd, I'd jump in the car and uh, and drive up and check it out. In fact, I would have wanted to have gone to both nights. He, he spoke on Wednesday and Thursday at, at uh, Brett's uh, facility, uh, again, which is an amazing uh, facility. It's, it would impress anybody, uh, and it certainly impressed uh, Doc himself. And f- though I didn't hear the first night uh, um um, seminar with Doc. I did hear the second night, and, and I understand there were great turnouts for both nights, but the second night, there were pe- people apparently, a lot of, a good number of people were getting up and walking out, you know, when, long before the end of the seminar. In other words, you, you just a few minutes into it. And, uh, Brad and I and Andy and Phyllis and other people who were, who were there, uh, to back up the event, we're talking about that, and I thought that was really interesting, Brett. Uh, apparently, your uh, the members of your of your uh, resort, and I, I don't know if you're cringing when I call it a country club or, or not, or, or whether that it, uh, to me it seems that that's an apt description of of your business. It's a country club that people pay monthly, presumably monthly or annual fees to be a member of. Am I right? Uh, it's not the name of it, but yes, it is. It, that's the style of facilities that it is. Uh, but it's there's uh, when you typically think of a country club, you think of golf. It is not that. When you typically think of a country club, you think of a lot of uh, old fogies and stodgy old people, uh, and it's not that either. So, so in that sense, that's not what it is. But uh, it, it gives a sense of the, the grandeur of the facility. A, a spa, a resort, and spa, I guess, is what you officially call it, if that's written anywhere. Uh-huh, that's correct. <laughs> okay. That's correct. And so I thought it was. I thought it was fascinating that that uh, the first night nobody walked out apparently, or very few, if any. The second night, quite a number of people did, and we 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 were ta- you and I were talking about why that m- might be. And you said, um, well, tell tell us what you said. What your my my experience uh, with our members here, and they are wonderful people and a wonderful uh, uh, diverse group of people. But many of them are uh, heavily invested in their lives in, in a multitude of ways in the system itself. And so when you hear something so contrary to your life experience and to something that you're so heavily invested in yourself, uh, it, the easiest course oftentimes is to reject it out of hand. Uh, rather than to thoughtfully sit back and, and, and consider the possibilities and that maybe, uh, there is something here for me to learn. The easiest course is, is to reject it out of hand and to go whatever direction the vast majority of people are going. My view is, is I'm generally quite nervous about the direction that the vast majority of people are going. Uh, it's, it's the proverbial running off of the cliff collectively. Well, uh, in the promo that I prepared for this program, I don't know if you remember the last part of it. I said fortune, misfortune, difficult to tell. 
And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not a good thing. I haven't talked with anybody who, who believes that Obamacare is, is going to be a good thing, particularly business owners. Um, but maybe in the long run, it will be a good thing because it might result in awakening people to something that they really haven't been paying much attention to. What do you think? I think it's awakening some, uh, but it, there is a slow boiling going on. And as I started out by saying that, that it's really o- Obamacare is just em- emblematic. Uh, and whether you call it Obamacare or, or, or national health care or Romney care or whatever else it is, it's just emblematic of a whole host of societal ills. And that's what I find interesting by the individuals, like you said, that get up and, and walk out and are not interested in even, uh, considering uh, taking personal responsibility in some way for their health. Now, that's somewhat strange in our business because the people that are here are, are trying to take... They're health-conscious people, naturally, right? They're, they're naturally health-conscious people, and they, they, uh, they, they conduct themselves in a manner in which they, are try- they take personal responsibility in many aspects of their lives. Dr. Wallach, on that particular occasion, was presenting information that threatens the status quo. And so uh, the, the, the portion of, of things that people are invested in with regards to the system itself. And, and really, the system is just an, uh, a result of, of our collective conscious, in my opinion. Have so, you had any comments from uh, members who, who might have walked off or been offended at anything Doc Wallach said during... Bring that, uh... Uh, I have not personally. No, uh, not yet. I presume normally it eventually gets around to me. Sure. So yes, I probably will. All right. But pers- personally, at this point, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pam, do you think that um, that uh, the affordable health care plan <laughs> will, will ultimately <laughs> result in more and more people realizing that they need to take charge of their of their own health? As, as Brett did many many years ago, not as a result of the yeah. of the uh, of the affordable health care plan, rather as a result of an unfortunate accident that he suffered. Yeah. Uh, the um, it seems like we're at a fork in the road, and there's one side of the the house that kind of like gets placating them and putting them to sleep to it. Then the other side, uh, the people who were already health conscious are up in arms because now either they can't afford to have health insurance or they can get it when they couldn't before because of a previous accident or something, uh-huh. um, are finding out that it does not pay for the care that they want. They want to use nutritional products. They want to go to a naturopathic doctor like I do, and it's not covered. They want to use chiropractic and acupuncture, and some of those are not covered. Uh, so now they have insurance that essentially they can't use. So it's either making them this to fall asleep and go, okay, well, this is what I can get, quote, for free or for a low cost, or I can continue to pay out of pocket and get what I want. And so it, it's a, I feel like I should get like a marriage and family therapy counseling license instead of an insurance license <laughs> because so much more of my conversation now is about that kind of stuff. Right. It's not about this is XYZ of what your family will or will not do for you. I hear you. Let's see what John in Watsonville has to say or hear what he has to say. John, you're on KSEO. 
Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good. Hey, you know how uh, when you li- when you listen to uh, Dead Doctors Don't Lie, he says, uh, "I am a conservative, and people say that I treat them like dogs, but they do seem to get better." Yeah. Well, maybe that's what he said at the beginning of the seminar, and maybe people walked out. Yeah, I, I've I've tried to get Doc to say to stop saying declaring you know his political uh, uh, you, you know uh, back uh, uh, perspective or allegiance because why, why do you want to take the chance of alienating a bunch of people right out of the bat? Yeah. I don't think he does that at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the seminars like he does oh, the, the, the radio show. Do you remember Brett? <laughs> you were there the first night. Yeah, he pretty much said that right off the bat. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> All right, he's getting right. away with it though because he is a veterinarian as well, and I personally right. have treated my dogs better. So, well, no, the the treating the dogs better part is great. I think that's cute, and I think it's well. I think it's brilliant marketing. But the yeah. cons- but Mike. I am a conservative. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> Mike, can I can I ask Pam something? Sure, please. Okay, yeah. Um. Okay, Pam. Uh. Yeah. I just um. I was getting uh. I was um. I'm kind of like down, uh, misplaced, right? And uh, so I'm like indigent when it comes. I'm like not quite homeless. I live in my vehicle, and uh, uh-huh. but anyways, I just got put on. Um, I guess it's some kind of insurance. They gave me a card. Yeah, MediCal, uh-huh. I guess, because I just also too. I'm uh, a little bit of psychiatrically challenged, so I just won a case, uh, my SSI case. So now. Um, Emmeline just sent me uh, to Horace Snyder, which is great. I love to keep it local, right, uh-huh. instead of sending me to CVS and everything. But, um, yeah, um, I went to try to get my medication yesterday at, uh, at Emmeline, and they said, oh, we, know, we, don't, we don't take you no more. Uh, yeah. And I was born and raised right there in Emmeline, and, and I've been there uh-huh. all this time. And they just told me, yeah, we don't we, – Go to Horace Snyder. Not totally, cool. not totally related, John, but maybe, maybe uh, somewhat related. Anyhow, thanks for calling the Saturday okay, special. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Here's Lee and Spreckles. Lee, we've only got a minute left. Uh, no, less than half a minute left. So we'll hold you over into the next. Uh, well, I just, just one question. Simple. Who who wrote the the, the insurance companies are the ones that have written this Obamacare. Uh, okay, I think that's true. I, th- I think well, that's right. and, and that's a fox in the, in the hen house. Okay. You don't do that. Right. God bless you all. Okay, thank, thank you, you very much. Um, we're going to continue this program right up until noontime, so we hope you will stay with us and call 479-1080 to participate. It's your favorite radio station, KSCO Santa Cruz, Salinas, Monterey, San Jose. It is 11 a.m., and here is CBS News. CBS News, I'm Pam Coulter. Afghans have begun to bury the victims of the deadly Taliban attack on a Kabul restaurant last night. 21 people were killed, including 13 foreigners, two Americans among the victims. Terrorism expert M.J. Gohel calls the situation extremely worrying. We're also seeing other attacks taking place in Kandahar. It shows that the Taliban are capable of attacking virtually any part of Afghanistan and can reach any target. The White House condemned the attack, saying there's no justification for killing people who are working to bring Afghans a brighter future. 
Election officials in Egypt say 98 percent of voters approved a new constitution backed by the military. It's the country's first vote since elected President Mohamed Morsi was ousted. CBS's Alex Ortiz is in Cairo. Egyptian authorities today released the official results of the vote, a whopping 98.1 percent in favor of the charter. But with the Muslim Brotherhood outlawed and boycotting the referendum and the arrest of activists who went out and campaigned for a no vote, international monitors say the ballot was hardly free and fair. The main Western-backed Syrian opposition group has voted in favor of attending next week's peace conference designed to bring an end to the nation's bloody civil war. Andrew Tabler's with the Washington Institute for Near East Policy. It's significant in that it'll be the first negotiations between the opposition and the Assad regime. It's a result of a lot of international pressure on the opposition to attend. California is officially in a drought emergency, with rainfall only about 20 percent of normal levels. Santa Clara Supervisor Dave Cortez says it's hurting the state's agriculture. It's just uh, absolutely killing our farmers and ranchers in the valley right now. The dry conditions are also raising concern about more wildfires. There's hope that the one outside L.A. will be contained sometime tomorrow. Firefighters extend the containment line, says Information Officer Mark Peebles, by igniting backfires to burn the dry, heavy brush covering the steep, mountainous terrain. We have to remove that fuel, and then we can mop it up. And that's a call for the infantry, says Robert Brady with the Forest Service. The ground troops moving from ember to ember, spark to spark, securing these on little unburned islands. Meantime, the three men arrested for starting an illegal campfire are due in court next week. Edmert, CBS News, Los Los Angeles. It's award season in Hollywood, CBS's Steve Futterman says. Tonight it's the SAG Awards. The two films given the best chance to win the top prize at tonight's Screen Actors Guild Awards are 12 Years a Slave and American Hustle. These are the two films that are likely to battle each other until the Academy Awards are held in March. Whichever film wins tonight will pick up some important momentum. This is CBS News. This February, be part of the one event that unites the world. The Olympic Winter Games are coming to NBC. Follow the stories of sacrifice. This is for the gold. Can he do it? Yeah. Experience history in the making. Unbelievable. Okay. It destroyed the old record. See the world's best. She's done it. And he's got another gold medal. And see the world at its best. The Sochi Olympic Winter Games begins Thursday, February 6th, only on NBC. Hiya, Fred. Hello, Beth. You seen Eddie? Yeah, he's in my workshop picking out tools to borrow. Well, tell him I took the car to the Parts Plus Car Care Center for service. So he'll be carless? Well, I hope he doesn't want me to run him around doing errands. Oh, don't worry about that. I've got him rebuilding the handrail on the back steps. Oh, there goes my good soul. He'll be busy with that all afternoon. And besides, Parts Plus won't keep me long. They never do. Now hurry back. For the location nearest you, go to PartsPlus.com. You have it tuned in to KSCO AM 1080 and sister station KOMY 1340, serving Santa Cruz, San Jose, Salinas, Monterey, and Watsonville. Four minutes past 11 a.m. on Saturday, January 18, 2014. Currently 62 degrees at your local KSCO station. Your friendly voice, Aaron Shore, bringing you your local King of the Hill traffic and Central Coast weather. For those of you who are curious, there is a delay in traffic near the intersection of C. Bright Avenue and Soquel. 
near the Rio Theater here in Santa Cruz, a CHP procession for a memorial for a officer is taking place currently, so expect delays in and around Seabright and SoCal. Traffic control is being provided at the Southbound Park off-ramp near Highway 1 here in Santa Cruz. A traffic hazard reported at Northbound 1 just south of the Fish Hook in Santa Cruz. Looks like units are assigned to that scene. Another traffic hazard reported here in Santa Cruz at 37th Avenue and East Cliff Drive. Units are also at that scene as well. Continuing with highs in the upper 70s with plenty of sunshine, light winds traveling west around 5 miles per hour. Your uh, northern Monterey Bay Central Coast voters forecast, north winds 10 knots, wind waves 2 feet or less, west swell 5 to 7 feet at 16 seconds. It is 6, or excuse me, approaching 6 minutes past the hour. Stay tuned for hour number 2 of the Saturday special with your host, MZ on KSCO and KOMY. The Saturday special is brought to you by California Grill in Freedom, as well as Los Animas Concrete. And now, hour number two of the Saturday special, here's MZ. No, wrong one. This one, that's the right one. Oh, hello, darling. I hate to hang up on you, but I'm sorry, baby, but I have to go. It's time for that wonderful record show. I'd love to visit, but you'll have to come back. KSCO has the inside track. Well, welcome to 2014, the year uh, the Affordable Health Care Act uh, kicks in. And we're very interested in, uh, in the effects it's going to have on the economy. I'm sorry, baby, but I really gotta go to KSCO Radio. Bye. And that is our topic of discussion uh, today for the Saturday special. We're going to be on the air uh, for about another 54 minutes right up until noontime. We invite you to participate if you want to call the program and go on the air with us, the number 831 area code. Four nine ten eighty. Before we get back into the meat of the program, though, I've got a couple of announcements. They're going to be sort of extended announcements because they're they both involve interviews, little brief interviews. Uh, want to welcome uh, uh, our good friend uh, Kevin Hurley back to KSCO. Hey Kevin, Hi, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How you doing? Good. Uh, and you're going to be doing a uh, a workshop uh, coming up. Uh, uh, I think a week from today. Am yes, I right? Yes. Uh, starting next Friday, we're doing a aromatherapy uh, oils workshop, and our instructor Brendan Wright is going to lead this two day workshop. And I understand Brenda uh, is on the phone with us here. Yes, she is from uh, um, Salt Lake City area. And let's Brenda up. Hey Brenda, how you doing? Good, Izzy. How are you? Good, good. Hey, it'll be great to see your face in this part of the world for a change. So, as long so, as it's warm, I'm there. So, so tell us what people can expect uh, in this essential oils. More and more people are interested in, the, in, in, in this. Oh, we, yes, they yeah. are. So, so uh, tell us what you got planned. The biggest thing is to introduce the essential oils, why we need them, and how to use them. They've been around forever, but nobody knows what to do with them. And you don't need a prescription to get them. So it's really kind of an interesting thing to 
bring into people's lives that they can be in charge of their health care. Well, that's great. So where is this going to be and when and how do people attend? It's not free, but it's not very expensive either. Uh, So uh, how how do people get in touch with either of you? Okay, well, then you actually get in touch with me. I'm uh, setting it up. It's going to be at the Scotts Valley Hilton on Friday, uh, January 24th, starting at um, 3 p.m. until uh, 10 o'clock on Friday. And then Saturday, it's from 9 to 6. It's a two-day workshop. Only $100 includes all the, your materials and the, uh, the fees for the workshop. Uh, to get a hold of me, uh, you can call me at 1-800-910-1196. Once again, 1-800-910-1196. Or go to the website to sign up at legacyoils.info. Once again, that's legacyoils.info. And uh, we still have some spaces available. And... Uh, it's going to be a fun, exciting weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. And Brenda's happy to come on down and uh, present this workshop. Yeah, and Brenda knows her stuff. I know, <laughs> right? So it'll be great. It'll be, be great to see you in KSEO country for the first time, uh, Brenda. Okay, so All right. great. Right, thank yeah, you, one, one more phone number, one more time, website. Web okay, address. the phone number is 1-800-910-1196, or the website is Legacy Oils. Dot info. Okay. All right. Thank you. Great. Mike. Thank you. And nice talking to you, uh, Brenda. Have a have a safe, great trip out here. All right. Thanks, Brenda. Uh, talking yeah. about another event here um, coming up uh, next week. Uh, I want to bring on. Uh oh. In the in the process, I think I lost. Uh, I think I lost Pam. Oh, I'm here. Okay. Sure. Daniel. Daniel's here, but I thought Pam was locked in. Hopefully, she'll she's listening and will call back. Uh, we still have that. Uh, that's great. So he's locked in. Daniel Kotke, um, you are um, you were a very good friend of Steve Jobs, and coming c- coming coming up in about a week, there is going to be a wonderful event that I am going to attend at the Flint Center in Cupertino, which is the town where Apple was founded and still. Uh, you know, maintains the uh, or, you know the the company headquarters, and the event <clears throat> is the 30th anniversary of the introduction of the Macintosh computer, and yeah. you were you were c- quite involved in in that yourself, as were many many other people, and just about everyone who is still living uh, is going to be at that event, right? <laughs> A small subset. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean you mean of the original team? Right. Uh, more than half. Okay. I don't. Uh, yeah. All right. So we actually could not find after thirty years. But. <clears throat> I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, um, back those days, uh, from from ni- nineteen eighty to, I think it was eighty one to eighty four. I was yeah. the president of the Santa Cruz County. Apple Users Group. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and um, um, Waz, Steve Wozniak, was a member of that group because this is he lives in he lived at that time in Santa Cruz County, and the first time that was, I said, "Oh, it's nice to meet you." Without you, I wouldn't be president. So, <laughs> but uh-huh. but anyhow, it was it was fun serving as president of the, mostly the Apple II Users Group, but there were you know. The Lisa was introduced, and, and I, we used to put on these these annual lard outs at my home, 
uh, like every every summer or so, um, where we would have some special program, either you know Waz telling the story of the uh, of the the you know how Apple you know came into this world, how it was founded, and how it grew and so forth. Uh, and and in 1984, when we, when they had that wonderful commercial uh, on uh, on the Super Bowl. That, that, it, that talked about. Thought it was wonderful. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I got you. But I thought it was wonderful anyhow. And enough other people did, and it, it certainly had its effect. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Um, the the first place the the Macintosh was was introduced publicly, I believe, was the Flint Center. Am I right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Okay. The second place it was a, it was introduced publicly was in my living room at the annual Lardout in Santa Cruz, where everybody brings their richest, fanciest, you know, most fattening dessert that they can think of and just wow. contribute it sort of like a, a you know, a, a potluck. And those, those were fun, those were fun days. But so, so you're gonna, um, bring back. Videotape? I, I do. I have, I have, uh, I have some videos of, of that actually, of, of one of them. Wow. Uh, talk to Gabe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. And he, Gabriel Franklin, is our mutual friend of Daniel's and mine, who happens to be right next, almost next door to the radio station yeah. here with his world-class video studio. So um, he has been put. He, 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 and you together are putting on this, this, uh, this extravaganza. And I, I wanted to put the word out on KSC. We've recorded a, a, a promo for it that's going to be airing quite frequently during the next week or so. So. I uh, really want to encourage people to, to you know, participate in this event, uh, and it's going to be great. I know I'm going to be. I can't wait. It's uh, it's only a week away. So anyhow, yeah. briefly, t- tell us, um, you, you, you are, are not, you're not affiliated with Apple anymore. Am I right, Daniel? I left Apple 30 years ago. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that long ago. So yeah. it was the year that the Mac was, was introduced. At the end of that year, yeah. I see. All right. I was turning. I was turning C, and I needed a break. Uh, I didn't intend to actually. I was just going on a leave of absence, and I went and Europe. Good thing to do. Yeah, and and you had traveled uh, in, in. I think it was India with jobs some years before that, right? Yes. So you yes, you knew Steve pretty well. Yeah. If you were if you were traveling buddies. He actually was not difficult to travel with at all. That part of his personality probably changed over the years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there are many, many stories, of course, of him having, you know, temper tantrum at a restaurant or something like that. Well, well the um, event that's coming up uh, uh, next Saturday, I think, is, is that the 20th? Is that right? 30th anniversary of the Mac and Oh, the 25th, yeah. The, the 25th January of the 25th. month, January 25th, at the Flint Center okay. in Cupertino. Uh, yes. And and what are the hours of the event? Doors open at 6. Show is from 7 to 10.30. It's a long show with a long intermission in the middle. And it's also worth mentioning that Rains Cohen, the co-founder of BMUG, he has reserved the De Anza College Student Union for a unconference, a Mac Camp unconference, and that will start at noon, noon to six. Oh wow! 
I got to get there. I got to get there even earlier than I thought. Well, that's fine because I'm I'm excited about yeah. that. So, all right. Yeah. Now, if people want to purchase tickets, there are some available. Yes, and and yeah. there is a website, and I I it's Mac thirtieth. What is it? Mac30th.com. Okay. And there is a link there to Ticketmaster, which is where the tickets are sold. Apple alumni can use a code to uh, get a discount. And uh, and then, uh, um, well, it was a bold decision by Gabe, but it was part of his vision to make tickets for all the original team members. Wow. Okay. So, well, a big financial risk so, by doing that, but well educated. Great. Okay. So again, it's Mac thirtieth. This was M A C. The digit three. The digital. The letters T H. Mac thirtieth. Uh, dot com. Uh, and uh, that'll connect you to the Ticketmaster for uh, for this event. Coming up, the thirtieth anniversary of the introduction of the uh, game world in, uh Macintosh computer. Kaki, thanks for calling into the Saturday special share. Thanks for being with us today. We do. All right. <laughs> All right. Take care. Look forward to seeing you uh, next week, Dan. Yeah, sure. Okay, take care. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Bye. Okay, back to uh, our regular discussion here last hour. Um, and uh, let me let me drop that. Uh, okay, Brett Favero, are you still with us? Yes? Yes, I am. Okay, good. So, and we have lines open, lines totally open at 831 uh, 479 that's in 831. So if, if you want to call and participate in, in our discussion of um, anticipated um, effects of the implementation of the Affordable Health Care Act, also known as Obamacare, uh, we'd like to hear from you. Again, our phone number is 479-1080. So, so, Brett, um, you know, where, where do you think all of, where do you think all of this is headed? Do you think there's going to be some changes in the law? I do not. Uh, maybe I'm a pessimist, but I do not. I think there, there's, in terms of when you say some changes, there's already been numerous changes. Well, about the, uh, the about the sign up process because of all the problems with the website and so forth, right? So. Yes, uh, so they've done, you know, extended uh, deadlines and changed deadlines and so forth. But the fundamental aspects of this law, I think, are uh, are not going to change because the interests that it's protecting are so vast and so large. Uh, they're not concerned. Uh, these are these are interests that are really not, in my opinion. And I'm not. I'm neither a Republican nor a Democrat. I'm very much an independent. I do not. Uh, uh, place this at the foot of Obama. I don't place it at the foot of of any one person. I think that this is uh, uh, emblematic of the societal ills to a certain degree and and not willing to take personal responsibility. But when we, you know, so so we we, we have this name Obamacare, which I think is an incorrect statement, and we also use this term Affordable Care Act. The fact of the matter is, is it's it's uh, the, the Una, maybe an unaffordable care. Maybe they should change the name to the unaffordable care act. And, and not only that, it even infers that the, the 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 people that can least afford it are really being helped, and it's just the opposite. In terms of from a business standpoint, it is forcing and placing the businesses in a position where they're going to harm. Well, it's. Uh, Without intent, they have no desire to do so. I love uh, the employees that we have that have worked for us for so many years, 
it's, it's placing businesses in a position where they have to make adjustments that hurt those very individuals that can that, that can afford it the very least. That's that's the position it's putting us in. And we have been offering insurance to those individuals and giving it to those individuals for, for 30 years now. So so here with the Affordable Care Act, it's we're being put in a position where we will not be able to offer insurance to some of those individuals that can afford it the least. I see. Let's see what Suzette in Monterey has to say. Hey, Suzette, welcome to KSCO, the Saturday special with Brett and MZ here on the air. Oh, thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for the opportunity uh, for me to chime in. Uh, just a little background. I spent 30 years in healthcare as a bachelor's prepared nurse at a level three hospital and then as a nurse midwife, and I am now a network marketing professional. Um, I got out, you know, this whole discussion, I think we have to first and foremost respect the fact that, that this is, the Affordable Care Act is a tax. This was determined at the Supreme Court. It has nothing to do with health care. Uh, it certainly has nothing to do with wellness. It limits choices, as do all health care insurance policies. And I think Brent brought up an important factor when he said that insurance was originally designed for risk, to minimize risk. If you became ill, if you had an accident, you know, you wouldn't lose everything. Um, and, and that's, you know, that slide to this, the irresponsible activities of the individual where their health is concerned is, I mean, it's in your face. You know, when I was a young nurse, it's the first thing I noticed. You know, I was 21 years old at the hospital in nursing school, and what became very crystal clear to me on the medical surgical floors was almost everyone there put themselves there. They made poor choices, and as time has gone on, many people believe that, and I was raised to think this. I'm 57 years old. I was raised in an environment where people thought, Good insurance meant they could be careless with their health and there would be a pill to fix it. And this kind of thinking has been propagated on television, in movies, in books, um, in the schools, in the government schools. So the irresponsibility of people that have thrown away their liberty and their health, thinking that some kind of program, and I appreciate also the fact that the affordable, and I think everyone should appreciate the Affordable Care Act. Calling it Obamacare is a disservice. It suggests that there are that we have a true democracy, or not a democracy, but a democratic republic, which we do not. It's a you know the first people to bring up universal health care, national health care, were from as far back as my research has gone anywhere, and, and I'd be interested to hear if any, any of the other listeners know more about this, was Newt Gingrich and the Heritage, Heritage Foundation. So this thing has been in play for a long time, and it is a tax, and it does limit choices, and if you care about your health, do what your grandmother taught you to do. <laughs> you know, and just you know, be reasonable about how you handle yourself and your choices. So. And, and where this is going to go, guys, I have no idea. I personally am paying the fine this year, and you know, and and if I figure out something, um, maybe I'll take one of those 
um, options, you know, join one of those organizations that are exempt. Many are. Um, but meanwhile, I don't know. So that's all I have to say. Uh, thank you for saying it right here on uh, KSCO, which I, th I hope is your favorite radio station. It sure is, guys. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Uh, there goes Suzette in Monterey. Opens up a line at 479-1080 in Area 831. We'd like to hear from you. Um, regardless of your uh, opinion, we don't screen out opinions. We This is a voice for everyone, uh, AM 1080 KSCO. So we want to have as many perspectives represented as possible, you can email me, mz at ksco.com, or you can call 479-1080 in Area 831. Here's an email from Lester. Uh, Good Saturday special, MZ. Disease, illness is different from an auto or sports injury. Nutrition makes no difference for that, but if the problem is nutrition, uh, or but if nutrition is the problem, then personal responsibility is fine. Uh, it says, I am a longevity account holder but can't afford the products. I compare that to owning a pricey care versus affordable care one. They, one, they both get you to the destination, but who is paying more? The best way is to get a Nutra bullet. It uses real food, not extracted vitamins and minerals, although I'm sure uh, Longevity uh, uh, use, and that's the end of it. So anyhow, we, we read everything here, um, and so uh, my, my question to you is, Lester, can you afford um, can you afford uh, doctor visits and uh, prescription drugs better than you can afford longevity products? Just ponder that question. Four seven nine ten eighty is the phone number to call if you want to join us. Looks like we have Henry in Santa Cruz and uh, well, actually uh, Paul in Aptos first here. Uh, Paul, welcome to the Saturday special with MZ and Brett. You're on the air. Hi, this is Paul. Yeah, hi, Paul. Um, I, I'm, I've always been a little confused about the um, opposition to separating benefits and health care from your employer. Uh, I've been in high-tech business, and they were one of the first ones to separate themselves from pensions. And it's always seemed like a, a very good fundamental business to separate pensions and health care from the burden of an employer. And yet Republicans seems to uh, attack it all the time. I, I just don't understand that. And it, and it also tells the employee, be responsible for your own health care. And those are two, two ideas I thought Republicans stood for. Uh, why are you asking us? Do you want a Republican to call the radio program and answer I, well, your I question thought, or something? It sounds like. No, I thought you. I thought you still had that couple from uh, the guy from Sacramento on the air. Yeah, Brett is here, right? Brett, you're here. Yes. Well, so, he do you have a, a a a question to directly um, uh, ask him to direct at him directly? Well, does he not see as an employer the benefit of separating his employees' benefits and making them self-sufficient to find their own as a business advantage for his business? Uh, from my perspective, I've always felt that way if I understand what you're saying. I've always felt that the personal responsibility approach is far, far better. Uh, the, the employee themselves, if they take personal responsibility, will get much more for their money. 
I've taught that to my employees for years. I've explained to them very specifically that by buying in the past what was available as a single-payer uh, 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 catastrophic health plan was really best in, in their best interest for them, and if they had a family, also for their family. Uh, when my wife and I had our first child, uh, we went to the hospital with no insurance. We we couldn't afford insurance at that time in terms of any types of insurance that would cover the hospital bill, but we had catastrophic insurance. We didn't expect anything to go to go wrong with our with our pregnancy with my wife's pregnancy. If it did go wrong, we had catastrophic insurance to to pay for it. And 30 plus years ago, our first child, we had it. We we had him in the hospital. My wife spent one day there and left, and 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 we were motivated to get out of that hospital because every day was costing us more money. And we 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 spent a sum total for our first child of about $650. That was it. <clears throat> and I've taught that to my employees uh, all the time that I've been in business that by taking personal responsibility and just taking out a a, a true insurance plan, which is to, meant to cover unexpected risks, not to cover every aspect of your life, but to cover unexpected risks. That is, that's true affordable care for your life is by only uh, managing those risks in a manner which makes sense. And that's what insurance used to be. Today, uh, it, it's it's about covering every sniffle, every problem, every everything. Well, guess what? I don't go to the doctor for every sniffle, so therefore I'm paying for everybody else to go to the doctor for every sniffle. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that's that's what I think this this new law is trying to do is, and the Supreme Court has said, people should be responsible for their own health care, and the rest of the people that are supporting their emergency room visits that's not that's not fair so you need to buy your own insurance now what i'm hearing you say is maybe as part of the affordable care act there should be a catastrophic option uh as part of the option that that an employee can uh, obtain and i don't think it's there i haven't looked at it in that detail and so maybe what you're saying is they need to extend the options to just catastrophic care for those who um, just want that. That's an excellent point. Uh, the, I, my opinion, I have opinions about that, but that's an excellent point. I think it would be the reason it's not there is because it would be in, extremely destructive to the overall uh, plan itself. But but if there if if there's confidence in their plan, then yes, you're right. They should offer that. They should offer those of us that want to take personal responsibility for our lives the opportunity to be able to pay for just catastrophic insurance. And that is what I would uh, uh, do myself, and that's what I would preach to my employees, too. I would advise them because that's going to be the best use of their finance. So so here are, here are two people who have been able to sit down and talk about what this, the, the health care initiative and come up with some ideas of improving it and not just ripping the roots out and throwing the whole thing away. Absolutely. Uh, and that's that's where, you know, from my perspective, that's why I come at this. I don't put lay this at the blame of Obama. I don't lay this at the blame of, of Republicans. I don't really blame it. It's 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 society that that uh, that is is to to blame. We have to sit down 
and figure it out how it can work for the best interest of, of all. And from my perspective, the very best way that protects the very most number of people is to take personal responsibility. That makes it, that is truly affordable. Throughout my life, that has been truly affordable. And I've had some very, very difficult health challenges myself as a result of, of, of an accident that that uh, cost me enormously uh, and would have cost me enormously had I not had a catastrophic health plan. And and you would support the concept of relieving the employers from su- supplying benefits to their employees as part of their employment. 100%. That should make you happy, Paul, at Aptos, does it? Well, it, it, it makes me... Uh, it makes me understand that there are reasonable people out there where we can sit down and have a discussion because the only thing I'm seeing on TV is Tea Party guys standing up and running their election campaigns on eliminating the entire program. And here we've sat down for 10 minutes, come up with some ideas that both of us could agree on to make improvements. Yes, and I, I one of the things that I notice is that that again, when there are individuals in society that uh, oftentimes of no fault of their own that are in the position where they cannot provide for their own needs in particular situations, and when there's not family, when there's not other assistance, it is uh, uh, upon us all to be able to reach out and have a methodology to be able to help them. And so I absolutely. firmly, absolutely. And so, absolutely. but at the same time, to allow those of us that, that want to take more personal responsibility, I think is, is, is only reasonable. So, so I firmly agree and I, 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 I feel very much the same way that you do that when when we sit down without uh, party affiliation, et cetera, et cetera, and just discuss, it's amazing how quickly you can come up with answers and results. And, you know, the, it, it took several years of people in Massachusetts paying the fine, and now that whole program seems to be doing extremely well for the state of Massachusetts. And I would expect the same thing's going to happen with this. There's going to have to be you, a couple of years of people paying fines of up to $1,000, and when they write the check, they're going to say, I still don't have insurance. I just gave the government $1,000. This is insanity. I need to go sign up for some health care, be it do you, the minimum, do you know, the goal, whatever. It's going do, you to know do you know in Massachusetts? All right. Do you know in Massachusetts is it is it an option to uh, purchase uh, individual catastrophic insurance? Huh? It's not an option. What did you not say? Brett, what did you say? Say it again. I asked uh, our caller Paul if he knows in Massachusetts if it is an option to purchase individual catastroph- catastrophic insurance. I, I do know the details. I have relatives that live there, and I've talked to them on occasions about it, and they all tell me that it seems to be working fine. People that at one time never had insurance have slowly but surely been purchasing it. Probably 
the minimum expense out of pocket, whatever it is, I don't know if it's catastrophic or not. I don't know what the how how it's structured. Okay, I want to thank you for your. We got a full, almost a full board. I think we might have one uh, line open at four seven nine ten eighty. Paul and Aptos, appreciate your call to the Saturday special. Let's go to Henry and Santa Cruz now. Henry, welcome to KSCO with Brett and MC. Hello, Michael. Hi. Hey, uh, can you ask Brett what the consequences of the penalty are? I think you just did. Yes. Um, in the uh, uh, if, if, if in terms of the business penalty, that's what you're asking. Well, uh, personal and business. From the business standpoint, uh, if a if an employer does not uh, provide insurance for an in, individual for whom they're responsible to provide, it's two thousand dollars per employee minus the first fee out of that fifty. So in other words, it would cost the employer forty thousand uh, dollars. If a business does not provide insurance, and if one or more of the employees receives insurance, then it's uh, even worse, it's $3,000 per uh, and and results in, in even more penalties. But if you do provide it, just that single person could end up costing you $40,000 as a result of not paying for them. It's a pretty penny, in other words. All right, uh, that should have answered your question. Uh, Henry, appreciate yes. your call Thank you. to the uh, Saturday special here. Uh, I'm going to press, you bet, I'm going to press next next and see who that is that would be uh why it's jan in san lorenzo valley hi you're on the air on ksco hey hi i've got two questions one is um this was said to be a tax now in the politics that i've gotten involved in heard politicians tell people don't call it a tax because they get to vote on it now how come we never got to vote on this this is a tax, right? The Supreme Court said it's a tax. And according to what I've heard in politics, if there's called a, something's called a tax, then the people get to vote on it. And you're right. How did come not we never to got to vote on it? Can you answer that question, Brad? I can't. I'm not the expert in that, but my understanding is from a federal level, we do, we do not have a mandated uh, ability to be able to vote on a tax. Uh, from a state level, in some instances we do, uh, but on a on a on a federal level, to my understanding, there's nothing that specifically requires the vote of the people on a tax. It only well, requires that. I think that would solve a lot if we got to vote on this. I think we'd vote it down. Maybe, maybe not. It's 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 been sold effectively. I think. Yeah. So. Another question I have is. Um, but I agree with you. I think those kinds of things yeah, should be voted off if it's not already it. required. Yeah. So. Uh, second question is, uh, you know how they want to find people for you know drinking sodas or doing this or doing that? How can well, they tax don't... them, not them. Tax them more. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Doesn't matter when it involves us, I guess. But anyway, they want to they want to hit us. As individuals, how come they don't something to the companies that are producing products that cause health problems instead of making us pay more or taxing us more? Why don't J- they do something to the company? The proposed soda tax that went down to, to startling defeat in Richmond recently. I'm so glad. Um, would have done just that, and of course those those soda companies would have passed on the the cost. 
to to the public. It doesn't matter who 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 they go after. Ultimately, it's gonna it's gonna affect the the consumer. You know, end of story. I know, but if you could find the companies for producing with bad products, and then if they um, improved their products, say, to so they were healthier ingredients, then you take the tax off. Now, if um, if they don't, then it increases until you know, you know, they either go out of business or they produce a good product. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, well, thanks, thanks. for calling. Saturday special. Justin in Santa Cruz, you're on the air. Hello, Justin. Hey, 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 Turn off the radio. <laughs> it's off, it's off. Sorry about that. Okay, you're hey, on. Uh, I just want to, I'm starting to kind of feel like I'm um, being backed into a corner here by these guys. I mean, the truth of the matter is if I could afford uh, some good quality health insurance, I still wouldn't want it, but um, I'd be more likely to buy it. But with the economy the way that it is, how do they expect us to just be able to come up with this money out of nowhere, and then for those of us that can't afford it in this country, we're going to be fined because we can't afford it? I mean, that seems a little un-American and unfair, doesn't it? Um, I'll drink to that. What about you, Brett? Uh, I certainly agree with that. Uh, I'm very cautious about anything that's mandated. Uh, that is uh, where you could align as far as I'm concerned. It's like our previous caller was asking about... Uh, uh, whether we should be penalizing uh, uh, end of, uh, companies, et cetera. Well, uh, when we take personal responsibility, companies are penalized. When we take responsibility for our own actions, we stop buying products that are going to harm us because we understand that those, those are going to not only harm us but harm our pocketbook as well. And so it's, it, to me, it's coming back to personal responsibility. I, but I also understand that there are individuals that, that uh, do need to have help and assistance in different ways. But when you come to this point of where the individual uh, is being backed into a corner uh, and you have the federal government or any government as the ultimate basically insurer, and in this case when you really find out what's happening in this law, the government is in fact protecting the insurance companies and is in fact the ultimate insurer. And so, uh, just like an insurance company can come in and tell, tell you, charge you more if you're a smoker, uh, the ultimate insurer can come in and eventually start telling you all kinds of things about your behavior that they're going to charge you more for. Yeah, I, well, um, so Justin in Santa Cruz, um, did, did uh, that um, answer your question? Yeah, it definitely did, and it makes me that much more fearful for what's about to come. Yeah, all right. Thank you for calling the Saturday special. That was Justin in Santa Cruz. Here comes Alexa in Aptos. Uh, excuse me, George in Holland. Then we have Alexa in Aptos. Uh, George, you're on the air. Okay, thank you. Um, I, I've got a comment on a topic, but this guy brings back a lot of memories for me. D Brett, did you swim in Hills? Yes, I did. Did you? What years? Uh, from 1965 to about 1981. Well, that's that's you. You really sound for me. I started out about that. Uh, I'm probably 10, 12 years older than you are. I started out about age, and for two years uh, swam as a kid. But uh, my mother couldn't keep up with insurance scheduling, so <laughs> that, that's as far as I went. But I did learn to swim from Earl Hoos out there when I was just a kid. Just I must have been that first summer of '54. Anyway, yeah. I'm, wow, what was yeah. that? That's interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, 
here's the thing I've got on um, to contribute on this thing is California is unique in that we have a constitutional right to privacy, and that's not that's unusual among the states, <clears throat> the few that has it, and it's not true on the on the uh, federal level except by uh, uh, court court decision and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> What I don't see, especially when you consider there, there was recent testimony by Sevelius that they put all this database together and made it available to these unvetted navigators because they it was worth vetting them because identity theft was never prosecuted <laughs> or they could find anybody to prosecute for identity theft. So we might as well just turn off all the data to the thieves, you know, what I don't understand is why doesn't somebody bring a case that uh, uh, poses the state right to privacy, which you could not have with the electronic records, uh, versus the federal mandate to have electronic records? I hear a pregnant that's pause. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting uh, uh, proposal, and I know uh, – one of the organizations that uh, I've been familiar with in the past that, that would be interested in such an idea, I know they are presented with these things all of the time, and they're quite uh, capable themselves as the Pacifistus Foundation. Yeah. They take just, just those types of cases on. Mombo was my across-the-street neighbor when I was a kid. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. He started it. I don't think he's... I think he's Pacific a Justice Foundation is, is different from Pacific Legal Foundation? Well, that's what I'm talking uh, about. I might have just used the wrong term. Oh, okay. Legal Foundation, yes. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, George and Hollister, it's not, it's nice uh, for you to uh, have uh, reconnected with someone that you uh, share a uh, yeah. something in common with. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that Arden Hills is in your hands, too, because uh, you know it's changed in character. It was Arden Hills and Tennis Club, and, and I think you've changed the characteristic of it quite substantially, but I'm glad to hear that there's a uh, – there's a connection there. Great. Thank you. Nice to hear from you, George. And thanks for calling the Saturday special. Lines open at 479-1080. That's area 831. You can email me, mz at ksco.com. Here's Alexa in Aptos. Thanks for waiting, Alexa. You're on the air. Hi, MZ. Hi. Um, you sound I'm like you're on a speakerphone or something. You're a little echoey. Yes, I am. I'm on a speakerphone. Okay. If you can get a little closer, that would help. Okay, my hearing is not that good, so okay. use my speakerphone a lot. Um, I have one comment about Covered California, and it stinks. I mandatorily signed up. As they said I had to, I have yet to get through to a human to take my payment for Covered California. It has now been six and a half weeks or more and every time and then they said well you have until january 15th i've spoken to several people been on hold up to three hours at a time and no one has has yet to tell me to take my payment and it's always oh well uh we we don't have that information they gave me a plan they gave me the company that I'm supposed to be dealing with. The company told me they send the information to us. We can't take your payments. 
we process your payment. I think I've been in this country 50 years. I came to a socialist country at the time, and you know what? This is socialism because in socialism is the only way they can mandate health care or anything without the public voting on it. The United States of America is still the United States of America, and in previous years, no president ever mandated anything without having repercussions. And when they attempted to, they got finished. This president has has really gone too far. And this business of mandating or taxing us, making us pay a penalty, hogwash. I'd much rather have an MSA, and they won't even let me do that anymore. So if this isn't dictatorship, I don't know what it is. And I said, I've been in the United States 50 years, and I'm in my 60s. Let let your Did you dad, say where you were from? I'm from Portugal, from the Azor Islands. Gee, you don't know any at all. No, because you know what? When I went to school in the United States, we still had a great education system, and they didn't allow bilingual education, thank God, because I would have had a big accent and been allowed to. And thank God that when I came and went to school in my teens, I wasn't allowed to have an accent. And no one knows I'm foreign-born because they can't detect one. I, I, yeah, I sure couldn't, yeah. privileged to be an American birth because my mother was American. Well, privileged to be an American, what do you mean to be an American anyhow? And probably still. Yeah, it just, still is. Well, Let me tell you something. With people in denial, and this is what it is, they're solely trying to take away the America that we all love and enjoy. But let me tell you, we're going to beat them at their own game. It's a matter of time. And you know what? If it's such a great deal, why do they exempt unions? Why do they exempt Congress? Why do they exempt the House of Representatives, the president, his wife, his family? If it's such a good deal for the rest of us, where the hell do they come? They get paid by us. We didn't vote on it. That's all I'm going to say, and my, my love to Kay, I adore her, and uh, I like to, MZ, even though sometimes I could shoot you. It's okay. <laughs> uh, what I think of Well, thank, thank, you for, for, thank you for resisting that urge, at least up until now. That's okay. No, I know you. Uh, you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a teddy bear. Right? No, you have Hanukkah. I like anybody that has Hanukkah. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Alexa. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if, if those of us who are watching the video stream are seeing, uh, I'm blushing and have turned beet red here. So, um, yeah. and all you got to do to see to see, uh, shoot you with a balloon, MC, not with a gun. I don't. Okay, good. Just, just thank you for clarif- a water balloon clarifying That's that. To do it. <clears throat> If you want to, if you want to see the Saturday special, you got to tune in. Just go to kscob.com and 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 click on the on the video square, and you'll and you'll see. Um, well, my normal color is slowly coming back. Um, anyhow, uh, thank you, Alexa and Aptos. Always great to hear from you, Georgia in Capitola. There can't be too many Georgias in Capitola besides our own. How are you, Georgia? Hi, 
Uh, hi, Michael. I was going to wait and talk about this Wednesday, but it will be ongoing. I had to call MZ and respond to Paul out of Aptos. I get really tired of hearing people vilify the Tea Party, who in my opinion are the only people in this country that understand really fundamentally what's going on here. This isn't about health care, Michael. This is about control of the people. It is about taking six of our economy and, by the way, destroying it for our nation. When I hear people like Paul, it sends shivers up and down my spine. Now, our GOP, my party, has ruled over with Obama. There is no more talk about repealing Obamacare. Now they just want to fix it. Well, it's not fixable, Michael. And only Tea Party people understand that it must be repealed. We have to start over. Don't you people out there get it? Hey, wait a minute. It's Georgia. The law of the land. Georgia. Okay. Yeah. You sound upset about Paul and Aptos. And I Paul. am, because okay. it makes me wonder. Paul, uh, let me ask Brett. Brett, did Paul of Aptos upset you? No, he didn't. I, no, he said he said he it was nice to talk to some reasonable for a change instead of a tea bag. I mean, a tea party <laughs> member. Yeah, I almost said that. What yeah. Obama called. <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah. So Georgia, why, why don't you why don't you chill out a little bit? Because you know, at least Paul said, you know, that he, he and and that it was nice to talk to some like Brett, who's reasonable, and sure, we'll carry on. What's going on, Michael? We're being called to get, uh, go along to get along with Mr. Obama while he leads us to slaughter. I'm not willing to do that, MZ. I will stand apart from the crowd. This is serious. We don't have time to play happily together in the sandbox. This country is going down, MZ. And some of us are aware of that, and some of us, like Paul, who's even willing to pay a $1,000 for a fine, makes me think maybe the chemtrails are working. Jeez. All right. That's all I have to say, MZ. This is a fight for our freedom, people. Get it. Wake up. Hey, Brett, Thanks, Brett you, you bet, Georgia. Brett, Brett, what did you think of Georgia's call? Uh, I think she has very, some very strong opinions, and I, I, I certainly don't necessarily disagree with Georgia. But where I where I do feel that when discussing that the topic with Paul, Paul was willing to look at uh, the need for, for example, a uh, catastrophic uh, uh, insurance option. Well, by very nature, if you put into place a catastrophic insurance option, and people do take personal responsibility and understand the need that type of, of where that type of insurance really does work, then in the end result, what will happen is it will be the seeds of destruction of this very plan itself because people will flock to the catastrophic option because it will be the cheapest option of any, any option there. It will be by, this is why in my opinion, it's highly likely that it is not offered I was interested to hear from Paul whether it was offered in in Massachusetts or not. I don't know that one way or the other. But I believe in this plan, if it was offered, over time, it, people would be inclined to take that path, which would lead, just like it does in, 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 in society in general, if you don't buy a particular product, eventually those products aren't offered anymore. And I think the same thing would happen here. 
I don't necessarily agree, disagree with many of the points that Georgia was making. I just think that there's different ways of getting there, and I think that uh, it is a very uh, serious issue, but we didn't get here overnight. We got here over a very long time, period of time of slowly making one bad decision after another, as, not only as individuals but as a society. I was also thinking about the last caller about the, uh, the trouble she had with uh, covered California, and I just can't help but think to myself, well, we've turned our, our system in large part over to, uh, uh, over to the government in large part, and, and if you like the way you're dealt with at the DMV, then you turn yourself, turn your uh, customer service over to the government. I mean, that's what you're, you're going to get in that particular situation. So again, it's options that are going to give us, uh, that are going to drive the public in the, in, in the, in the right direction. It's the lack of options and the force of, of lack of options. That's where we run into trouble. So right. though, though I may, though I may agree with Georgia on some points, the fact of the matter is, is with someone like Paul, we can create more of those options and let people go the direction that they would in fact go naturally. Yeah. Art in Santa Cruz, welcome to the Saturday special with Brett and MZ. You're on. Oh, I'm on? You're on. All right, this is Art uh, from Santa Cruz. I live only about five blocks away from the KSCO station, but I have an interesting caveat personally with Mr. Brett Favaro. I moved here from, from Carmichael, and for nine years, 1993 to 2002, I was a lucky member of Arden Hills. Okay, wonder, and I haven't heard wonder. and I haven't and I haven't heard anybody say that. I, um, your uh, lovely wife, managed the upstairs spa of, of which I enjoyed the services, and you have the best weight room I've ever enjoyed, and you have the the best country club I've ever seen in my life. But why why I'm really calling is you've met, a couple points have been made, and I have a 24 year I'm retired now though now uh, at at a tender age of 61 I spent 24 years with a very large